I'm interested in a lot of different things, honestly. The biochemistry, right, the computational work, um, the data science, the, the pharmaceuticals, all that kind of thing is, is my sort of my passion. But I'm interested in learning new things, honestly. And as sort of cliche as that sounds, that's kind of what took me to grad school and that's what got, what got me here, right? If I'm not learning new things, kind of in the technical space, I'm just kind of bored. Hello and welcome to the Dumb It Down podcast, breaking down the disconnect between school and work for engineers. Today, I'm joined by my good friend, Curtis Martin, who grew up in the Charlotte area and went to high school down the street from me. He grew up in a military family, or at least his dad was in the military, and his older brother paved the way for him to do engineering at NC State. Curtis ended up doing chemical engineering and just because of the sheer desire to want to learn more, he ended up doing his doctorate at Purdue University and studied some things like cancer research and enzymes and biochemistry. So now he's in the pharmaceutical industry in Washington, D.C. All of that and more because he played high school and college football. So tune in to hear a little bit more about Curtis. I learned a lot from him about the PhD track and hopefully you do too. Hello and welcome to the Dumb It Down podcast. I'm your host, Eric Larson, and we're here to break down the disconnect between school and work. It is the Dumb It Down podcast, not the DID podcast, not the DID podcast, no three-letter acronyms, <laughs> as suggested by, by my guest, Curtis Martin. Curtis, you want to introduce yourself briefly? Sure. Uh, name is Curtis Martin. Uh, been a been a friend of Eric for a good while now. I, I guess since undergrad. Um, how how deep do you want me to go? I mean, do you want me to just start talking about uh, you know where I'm from and go from there? Yeah. Right. Personal background. Yeah. So I'm I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I spent you know yeah I guess at this point I still have spent most of my life there, um, but you know moved around a decent amount. Um, you know, family is a military family. Dad was in the Air Force um, and retired as a colonel in the Air Force. And so we didn't necessarily move around as much as, as you might think from the stereotypical sort of, you know, military family, but we did move around, especially towards my, uh, you know, end of high school. Um, yeah, went, went, to, uh, went to high school and actually even middle school with some of the, the, the folks that have been on your podcast uh, already. Um, checked the earlier mm -hmm. episodes. Um, yeah, shout yeah. out to Vlad and Evan. Yeah, you like that. Um, and yeah, so went to South Neck with them um, and then went to NC State as well with them. And, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, been to been all over the place since then. So Raleigh to, to Indiana um, and now in uh, Washington, D.C. There we go. Yeah, Curtis is well-traveled now, like a lot of the college crew. So yeah, a little background on Curtis and I. So Curtis went to high school in Charlotte, but we kind of met through this whole group of friends, freshman year of college. We all ended up being engineers, which just kind of happenstance, I guess, or maybe like attracts like. Um, but yeah, Curtis, Curtis roomed with Vlad on like the eighth floor of our freshman dorm. And we just did a lot of stupid stuff back in the day. Some good, clean, old fashioned fun. Um, <laughs> And yeah, got to know each other a little bit. And now over the years have visited out in the Midwest and East Coast and all over. So that's true. Um, no. Is there yeah. any, is there any, go ahead. You, you've seen me in, a, in, a, in all my locations, it seems like. So yeah, no, that's, you, you kind of, you, you kind of followed me out to the Midwest a little bit. Um, I know, did. <laughs> got to see you in Chicago and you, you got to come to the, the metropolis of West Lafayette. So yeah, great stuff. That's true. Yeah, just got to knock DC off the list. I had a trip planned and literally got COVID that week, which is fun. Yeah, that happens. And I actually forgot that you were in the same dorm because that freshman dorm, man, that that was a oof, that was something else. <laughs> I, I kind of I kind of yeah. blacked out that dorm uh, out of my memory. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, freshman year, Curtis was on the football team, so I guess maybe we didn't see as much of each other. But I remember yeah. you would get pizzas, and we would always be happy because. <laughs> Late night food when you're a bunch of freshman dudes is uh, pretty yeah. important. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny how many people remember that about my freshman year, actually, which is, <laughs> they, 
you know, I mean, so I, I, I did play football, right? I mean, um, I was on the team anyway. You know, I, I didn't start or anything. I was a, I was a bench warmer for sure. Um, <laughs> was a recruited walk-on. Um, but as part of that, you know, I, I played offensive linemen, as you know. Um, but I was severely underweight for an offensive lineman, not for a general human being. Um, right. And so, yeah, I mean, that was – they were always feeding me extra. I mean, everybody got snacks you know, to go home, but, um, you know, they'd occasionally dish out a, a full pizza for me and, and give, or give me a second one to take home. And it's like, you know, how do I eat all this? Which is a, which is a good problem to have, but you know, it's a problem nonetheless. So um, that's crazy. Good time. Yeah. Yeah. They asked you to put on a ton of weight on top of already being a big dude freshman year. And you were kind of like, well, yeah, uh, no, thanks. I'm going to do something else. They, they did. I mean, um, you know, like I said, I've never been underweight by any means, but uh, just given the, the nature of the beast in, in a D1, you know, school like that, um, playing offensive linemen nonetheless, right? I mean, I, I've, you know, I've never naturally weighed over 240, 250, and they wanted me up to 270, 80, which never happened. Um, because, you know, I mean, practice was, you, you know, you kind of got there at five or six, depending on what was going on, and you didn't leave till 11 or 12. So no matter how much they fed me, I, I ended up losing weight. And at the, end, at the end of the season, I was an offensive lineman, again, sitting the bench, but I was an offensive lineman weighing 235. Mm. So, you know, kind of, yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of strange feeling. At a D1 ACC school, yeah, I'm sure they were they were trying to do that, but yeah, well, that's the obviously very exciting, and I'm a big football fan, so Curtis and I have always talked football, but we may be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, so we'll we'll back up a little bit uh, and and go back to high school, Curtis, when he was running around with Vlad episode two and Evan episode three, <laughs> humble or, or shameless plug. And um, we're probably thinking about engineering at the time when you were maybe a senior or what, what brought you to engineering and what made you kind of go that direction? I have, in terms of deciding to go chemical engineering, um, you know, did my undergrad degree in chemical engineering. Um, I have a very similar story as to a lot of chemical engineers, which is to say, um, loved chemistry, loved math, and that's the natural fit. Um, if you ask, that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. I mean, if, if you ask, you know, 95% of the, of the chemical engineers that go through school, that's, that's what you're going to get. Um, because to be honest, and, you know, at least where we went to school, there wasn't really a good understanding of what chemical engineering was, right? I mean, when you think, when you think engineering in your head, just broadly engineering, right? You tend to think one of two things probably, which is either civil, I build the roads, I build the bridges, right? I build the, the buildings. Or you think sure. mechanical, I tinker with things. Like I, I, I build engines, I, you know, I fix things, right? Um, and so chemical engineering doesn't, and, and a lot of the other types of engineering out there don't, you know, at least in, in my experience, don't really get a whole lot of attention. And, and, you know, I don't know that there's anything I don't know that that's intentional, right? I mean, you have to have a, a chemical engineer teaching at a, at a high school to, to kind of get that insider knowledge. Right. right. Um, but that's, that's how, I think that's how a lot of us end up in chemical engineering is, is we we're good at chemistry. We're good at math or we like them and chemical engineering is a natural fit. So, yeah. Well, a big part of that is the teacher. I would think like the only reason you'd like chemistry in high school is if you liked the class, which typically means you liked the teacher No. Yeah, sure. Sure. But, um, you know, I, and, and I, I did, I, I mean, you know, I, Vlad and I and, and Evan, we had a, we had a fantastic chemistry teacher in high school, AP chemistry, Mr. Aram, um, which, mm -hmm. you know, might, him. yeah, I was about to say, might not be the first time you've actually heard of him. Um, yeah, no, he was, he was great. And I, and I had great calculus teachers, um, you know, Ms. Rakowski and Mr. Bacon. Um, you know, I, I had, I had a lot of, a lot of good teachers and, and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't say that that doesn't have anything to do with it. Right. But, I had a lot of good teachers in, in a lot of other types of, you know, classes and, and disciplines that I didn't really gravitate towards, you know, um, so, so without a doubt, but I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I, I like to think that in high school, I had some forward thinking, at least <laughs> enough, at least enough to know that when I went to, to college, I wanted to get a degree that would get me a well-paying job after I left. Okay. Right? And, yes. You know, that's what I was thinking too. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, um, and, and with engineering, I mean, that's kind of a, you know, it's, it's a good route to go. Sure. Okay. So you, you made the decision in high school for chemical engineering instead of engineering undeclared. Did you kind of know that going in? Yeah, I did. Um, and like I said, I mean, I, I've had good teachers in a lot of different um, spaces and, and, you know, all throughout my life. Um, but like I said, chemistry and math really were the two things that I gravitated towards. Um, there were, there were, you know, um, there, it turns out there is another subject in science that I didn't realize I would gravitate towards till later. Um, but in high school, you know, I just didn't know cause I didn't take the class. Okay. Well, I might cut this out, but just so I know, what is that subject? <laughs> Bi biology. Okay. Okay. Well, we can touch on that too. So, okay. So you're a high school senior thinking chemical engineering, probably applied to multiple schools. And I'm assuming NC State was the choice because of in-state tuition. Is there any other factors? Yeah, no, that's, that's really it. I mean, engineering school, in-state, I actually did have, um, so at the time, like I said, my, my dad, um, that's when about right before senior year was actually when he moved. Um, he had to move to, for, for his own career purposes. And he moved down to, down to Warner Robins, Georgia, which is a massive air force base down there. Um, and so because of, you know, because of him being down there, I actually did have the opportunity to go to Georgia tech. Um, yeah. And, and I, so I, I did apply there. Um, and you know, if, if I'm being honest, you know, so at the time the, the Georgia tech was running the, the double wing, right. The, the triple option, like uh, my high school was. So there was a good chance I'd fit in for football. It, it's a, also a fantastic engineering school. So it was a, uh, it was actually going to be a hard decision. Uh, luckily they made it for me. Um, they actually, they didn't, they didn't reject me. Um, but they did put me on the wait list, like three times. And so by the time I got that third letter saying, Hey, we're going to put you on the wait list. I was like, you know what? Uh, you know, it's not meant to be, I'm going to go to state. Let's, let's do this thing. Academics plus football. No, 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 no. It, it was not uh, it was not like that. Right. Um, not scholarship, but I knew I was going to be walking on flash recruited walk on anywhere I went. Right. Okay. So okay. between NC state, which at the time was a, a little bit more traditional, versus the you know georgia tech's triple option which i guess you can argue is more traditional depending on how you want to look at it <laughs> sure. um you know it would have been a natural fit for me right i feel like i could have convinced somebody to let me on you know what i mean yeah well and and yeah for the non-football listeners triple option is like a super old school running attack that i guess it is more popular at a high school level is very unpopular at a college level in georgia tech clings onto it for some reason. So <laughs> I, I, I hadn't even thought about that factoring into your decision. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, and, and you, you know, I mean, athletics were important to me and they remain important to me, but they were never the driver in the decision. Right. Because I knew that while I might be good enough to be on a college team, you know, the next level is, is NFL. Right. And that's just, I knew that was not in the cards. So that was nice. something that I was very interested in. I wanted to continue, um, but it was not the primary, you know, factor. Sure. You had enough foresight to assume <laughs> you wouldn't make the NFL. True. Too bad. Too <laughs> There'd be bad. a lot more listeners to the podcast <laughs> if you did. Well, you know what, Eric, this is about you. So I am sorry for that, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. All about me. Um, no, that's, uh, yeah, that's all, that's all good background. So we will carry ahead. Curtis becomes a freshman juggling chemi and football, which is, well, I guess you're, you know, it's still undergrad classes, but, but still it's, that's, there's a lot on your plate. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about how you didn't want to do all that was required to stay on the football team. So focused on engineering, matriculated into chemical um, did you have any internships or other things during college that kind of piqued an interest for you or what, what did you do kind of outside of classes? Yeah. You know, I, I had, um, after freshman year, 
I had a, we could call it an internship, right? But what really happened was uh, one of the people, one of the men that used to work for my father, for my dad, um, he was starting up a business that just happened to be chemical engineering related. Um, and so he agreed nicely to take me on for the summer, um, let me learn, let me more or less hang out. And, you know, if, if I'm being completely honest, I mean, you know, like you said, in chemical engineering, this is not unique to chemical engineering, but, you know, you don't have your first chemical engineering class till you're a sophomore, right? So most of what I did that summer was honestly manual labor, frankly, um, which, you know, I'm not complaining okay. about. I mean, it was great. It, it was great to be there. I got my, uh, that's kind of where I got my first true paycheck, you know? Okay. One man shop. He just started his own thing. It, yeah, I mean, it was him, and so by the time I had got, so by the time I had gotten there, he had he had an assistant, and he had actually hired one chemical engineer, formerly from NC State, um, that was helping him actually because he himself was not a chemical engineer. He just had this idea that he was trying to to bring to the fore. So um, okay, yeah, so it was it was the four of us in a, in a uh, small town, North Carolina, just trying to trying to. Um, a, make the thing work better and B, you know, get funding for it, get somebody to pay for it, get somebody to buy it, you know? Yeah, that's that's a like a business application that you're learning after freshman year, which is probably pretty, pretty good time to learn that kind of thing. And Curtis eventually went kind of a research route and kind of has explored both. I, I've talked with a couple of people and a lot of people have just initially gone, OK, I'm not really an engineer. I just want this degree and to get to the business world. I feel like Curtis is my first guest who is more on the research engineering side. Granted, you know, you've in, dabbled in business too. So we'll talk about that. But so that was after freshman year. And how about after sophomore, junior year, anything kind of like that? Yeah. So um, fairly early on at NC State, I, I knew that I wanted to go to grad school. Um, Why is that? There's two reasons, actually, and I, and I don't know what sort of weight to attribute to each. One of them is sheer competitiveness with my brother. Um, <laughs> my brother went and got his master's, um, and I just couldn't let him get ahead of me, right? Um, Georgia Tech? Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. His undergrad was State. Undergrad NC State. He was actually, he did his fifth year um, while, we were, while we were freshmen. And so he went to Georgia Tech after that for, I think, a, you know, maybe a year and a half, a year to two years at Georgia Tech to get his master's. Okay. So that's part of it. Um, <laughs> the other part was that, you know, you were speaking of, you know, being sort of a, the, you know, a science guy, um, was that I just kind of, when I took my classes, I just kind of found myself wanting to know more. I found, I found, that, uh, I found that there was too many times in my undergrad chemical engineering classes um, and chemistry classes um, that I sat there thinking, you know, this doesn't necessarily make sense. And what you find is as you go, you know, deeper into a discipline is that a lot of the stuff they teach you to start, if you really drill into it, maybe doesn't quite make sense. Or maybe maybe it's not that it doesn't make sense. It's just that it's empirical, but they don't tell you that it's empirical. Um, and the reason they do that is because in order to fully understand either the physics or the chemistry or the or the whatever behind it, you have to take other classes, right? And so hmm. as a, particularly in chemical engineering, although I think this is probably true across all the engineering fields, um, you know, the focus for undergraduate education is application, right? Um, if I've got, you know, if I've got a distillation column, right, what sort of energy do I need to input? And it doesn't matter necessarily why that amount of energy, you know, makes, you know, uh, makes the different shelves in the distillation column, you know, different temperatures. It just matters that when you, if you pick one or if you have one that you want to get to, you know how to get it to work. And so I just found myself, you know, often asking the questions of why and found myself dissatisfied by what we were taught at the undergrad level. And that was, that, that was true also because, you know, you mentioned I stopped playing football, but when I stopped playing football, I got so much time back in my day. And that's, mm -hmm. when, that's when I decided to add that chemistry degree as well and the math minor. Right. And so, I mean, all of these things kind of came together, right, to, to sort of, I mean, it was just something I knew based on, you know, it, just the intellectual curiosity, honestly. 
um, yeah, that I wanted to continue. Interesting. That is, yes, that's a very different answer than I've heard so far, which is exactly why I wanted to talk to you. But right, just wanting to learn more. So in your coursework, I'll share what I did and compare it to that. I studied for the test. I did not read my textbook through to learn. I read parts of my textbook to get answers to the tests right. And that was always like, you know, my goal. Would you say you took a different approach? Um, I would say yes, although not exclusively, right? I mean, you know, it, it's very class dependent and, and it was very much upon, you know, based on interest, right? Um, so a combination of interest and, you know, where I was trying to, where I was headed, right? So, I mean, there, there were some classes where, you know, that I didn't, I really didn't, I kind of did what you said, right? Which is, I just got to take this class um, and, I'm not really that interested, but it is what it is. And so I will kind of take, I will kind of learn for the test. And, and for example, um, you know, physics, you know, 201 or I, I guess, you know, whatever the, the, the second physics class, E&M, right? Electromagnetism. 208. Um, 208, 208, there you go. Um, physics 208. I, I remember that. I don't, I don't either. Um, <laughs> physics 208 was like that. And, and it's something that I actually wish, I kind of regret, honestly, looking back. Um, but, you know, it, so, so my answer to you is, is to say, yes, absolutely, but not exclusively, right? There were classes like that, especially, okay. you know, especially the, the classes you kind of have to take, like the social sciences or whatever, the, the writing sure. classes, the English classes, you know, eh. but when it came to the core classes, right, when it, when it came to, you know, um, transport phenomena, when it came to organic chemistry, inorganic chemistry, physical chemistry, when it came to, you know, sort of biochemical engineering, you know, these sorts of things, thermodynamics. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I just found it interesting. And and um, I and I also found that, you know, in, in my experience, learning is learning. And if you do it the way I did for those classes, you end up doing well on the test as well. So most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's that's how it should be. Yeah. OK, well, you just rattled off a bunch of the most difficult courses that college can offer and wanted to learn more. So, hey, I'm uh, I'm here for it. Uh, so, OK, so you decided graduate degree, learn more, compete with your brother. And that was pretty official sophomore or junior year. And then you were on that track. You picked up a chemistry major and a math minor all supporting this kind of graduate direction. Just just a little bit on how you got to the grad degree. So I, I did the graduate degree was kind of decided fairly early on. The type of graduate degree was not. Um, okay. I like I said, the competitiveness in me wanted to at least get a master's. Um, but if, if I'm being honest, I mean, the, the reason why it wasn't decided early on is because I, I didn't understand what the two what the difference was between the two right like I, I didn't understand what the options were like what it what does it mean to get your master's what does it mean to get your mm -hmm. phd um yeah and, i still don't <laughs> and, and uh you know so, so after like i said my freshman year i did that that internship um but the summer after that i started working actually the year after that not even the summer it was the following january um, I started um, in a research lab as a sophomore. <laughs> sophomore, I took my first chemical engineering class and I, and I volunteered to be an undergrad researcher in a bio nanotechnology lab. And I, that's, that's exactly what I did when I got in there. I was like, yep, I'm going to do it, but I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> please do like, I, How please am I do not, yeah, please do not make me, you know, actually do anything. I have no idea what's going on. I just, it sounded cool. You asked for volunteers. Here I am. Um, unpaid. Un, oh yeah. Unpaid. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't get paid as, as an undergrad researcher most of the time. Um, yeah. there are, I worked at Chili's that summer. Nice. <laughs> Making well, the big bucks. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I, I remember you working at Chili's, um, you made bigger bucks than I made. That's for sure. Apparently. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, so that, that was my first true experience in research. Uh, and then I kind of had experiences like that, you know, for the rest of my time at, at NC State. And, you know, like I said, 
understanding the difference between the masters and the PhD was ultimately what made me realize what which which of the what I wanted to do, right? Where I wanted to go. And when was that? Not like concrete. Yeah, junior year, right? Because I mean, you know, you kind of start looking for schools and and uh, applying uh, to different places and and trying to figure out where you want to go and, and doing the research. Okay. So junior year ish. Um, I had I had one professor at NC uh, State, um, Professor Hall, who was very helpful in, in helping me understand, um, you know, what I wanted or, or what I was looking for, right, and what the difference was, and um, okay. and why the PhD was kind of what I was aiming towards, um, and so she she was she was very helpful in, in that regard. And if you could boil that down into like a sentence or two, what does the PhD offer you that a master's does not? So I'll speak for sort of STEM fields here. I, I don't know okay. how, I don't know how it is with others. Um, and, and it also, even within STEM fields, right, there is sort of a dis distinction here because I'm just sort of caveating before I give my opinion, um, which is to say that like in, in chemical engineering, for example, a lot of people don't even get masters. They go, if you get your PhD, I did not, I didn't even get a master's. I went straight for the PhD. And in a lot of disciplines, that's not even a thing. In a lot of disciplines, you have to you have to get your master's on the way to your PhD, and the master's is sort of a a proving ground almost, right? And it it depends yeah. too because you can do a master's with a research with it with a thesis, right? Which is sort of what I was just talking about. But you can also do a master's that's really there's not a thesis involved, there's not a research project involved, but there is just extra courses that you learn more, right? So. In chemical engineering, anyway, um, that's that's one of the primary differences. It's you know the the PhD is designed for you to drill down into a specific research problem. The difference is you are in a master's, you are learning more information, you are learning new knowledge. In a PhD, you are starting the process of actually creating knowledge, right? So you are no longer reading textbooks to to solve a problem you are solving a problem that ne hasn't necessarily been solved before. And you are actually creating information that if you're good anyway, will go into a textbook maybe one day. Right. But yeah, that's the, in my mind, that's the, that's the distinction. It's, it's learning knowledge versus creating it. Well, that's very well put. And given those two options, it sounds way more cool to create knowledge uh, than to read more from a textbook. So I, I could see why you went that direction. Yeah, well, well, you know, I mean, I, I, I think so, which is why I went that direction, right? But like, it's not for everybody um, by any means. And, and, you know, and just because you also don't get a PhD doesn't mean you're not capable of it. I mean, I'm, I'm confident, you know, like all of our friend group, you know, everybody, a lot of people that I know that didn't get PhDs could, it's just a matter of interest, right? And a matter mm -hmm. of desire because it's just a, it's a, it's sort of a slog, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I obviously found it um, the, the, the more interesting path to go, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, the, the want to learn more. It's I think Vlad's story is interesting to me because we had a similar approach to undergrad where it was like, OK, do well in the tests, have a vibrant social life and get a job. And then to like allow him to do the whole Germany thing, he was like, oh, I'll just get another engineering degree. Turns out it was way more difficult and a way different way for him to learn. Mm. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I, I didn't have that drive or desire. I wanted to, I guess, get paid. I was just sick of coursework, but yeah. anyway, I can um, hey, look, I can, I can definitely sympathize with that. And, you know, <laughs> it, it, you know, I, I wouldn't call me, I, I wouldn't call myself, you know, in undergrad, a, uh, you know, a hermit or anything, but you know, my, my social life certainly wasn't as vibrant as some. <laughs> so, you know, I, 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 I paid for it in some sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can, I can, I can definitely sympathize with that. Sure. Sure. Well, and for chemical engineering too, you, you kind of made the distinction between masters and doctorate and we're not, I'm not totally positive if that distinction goes in a lot of other fields, but we're, uh, we're talking about chem -E today. So yeah, that's good. That's good background. So now junior year, I know senior year, first semester, everyone starts applying to jobs. That's the same with the masters, I'm assuming, and maybe you found out midway through your first semester, or when did you find out and apply, and how did that go? 
know, I'm trying to think of that timeline, actually. So I, I think you sort of apply your first semester of senior year, if I'm correct. Okay. And then you, you sort of hear by the end of, of either that first semester, so in the fall semester, or maybe actually maybe early of the second semester of spring semester, you know, senior year. But the, the whole point here is that you don't really know till about, you know, a semester out, you know, to, that where you're going to go. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I did, um, you know, do, you know, summer after junior year, I did a what's called a research experience for undergraduates, which is actually one of those experiences you do get paid for. Um, but that's because hey. it's, sort of a, it's a it's sort of a federally funded, you know, initiative to get undergrads in, in involved and interested in research and it also takes them off normally to other universities and so cool. that took me to the colorado school of mines for example um that uh, summer and so that. yeah so that helped me as well in this but i i remember i guess where i'm going with this is i remember being there though and thinking and, and already thinking about where i'm wanting to go and researching schools and figuring out like what might be good for me and i wasn't applying yet but I was already putting that plan in place to say, you know, where, what, which of these fits me and, and where do I think I can get in, honestly. Now, is any of this topic related, like what you wanted to do, pursue a doctorate in, or is it more just looking at the schools themselves? No, it's a good question. Um, it's definitely both. And it, it, it's, it's, in my experience so far, it, it's very dependent upon the person. So there's a couple people, for example, I know that, that went to grad school because they already knew exactly what they wanted to do, like research discipline, research topic, problem and everything. That's, yeah. a, that's a very small minority, but it does exist. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, the rest of us, uh, I would say, kind of have a, a, a feel for what sub-discipline we want to get into, but not necessarily the, the specifics, right? Like we, we know that we want to go to grad school. We know that we want to get the PhD. Um, we know that we want to do something, you know, in this subfield. Create knowledge. <laughs> there you go. Um, it sounds much more pretentious when you say it. Um, <laughs> in that voice, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, most of us don't know exactly what we want to do. So there's a combination of, of that and also the people, um, which you don't really understand. But so like, when you when when I applied to grad school, for example, what I tried to do is because when I knew I, I, at that point I knew I wanted to get sort of into biochemical engineering, biochemical space, something something along those lines. And so what I tried to do was find chemical engineering programs that had more than one professor doing that, right? That had that had options when you got there because hmm. in general you don't necessarily know who you're going to work with until you get there and you're a semester in and then there's this sort of speed dating process, right? That, that, that connects you with that person. So that's how I tried to do it. A combination of sort of what type of research was, do, was being done there, um, what I was interested in. Yeah, yeah so backing up a little, how did you come to biochem then? That, honestly, that, that was just a product of the classes I took, what I found interesting, um, I you know, I took a handful of different, you know, um, different classes, right? Chemical engineering is actually fairly broad. Um, chemistry, fairly broad, actually. And so there's, there's biochemistry, right? There's, um, there's biochemistry. That's a required course for it, one of those programs. It's a technical elective that has to be fulfilled, but you don't have to take biochem. Okay. Right. You can take another one. Um, but it was, yeah, it was just one of those things that I, I kind of stumbled upon, I think. Um, and when, when I started learning about it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's, yep, that's, that's hitting the spot, right? Um, yeah, I mean, that's just, just happenstance, honestly. Yeah, just kind of a feel. And then when it's like when you see it, you know it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that worked well. Hopefully it was a good teacher, too. And then that preceded your doctorate search. And you landed on Purdue eventually because they had multiple teachers doing that kind of stuff, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. You got accepted, moved out there after senior year and did four years there. Just a little bit on how that experience went, what you were learning. It was just so obviously more difficult um, than anything I had done in undergrad, um, which was awesome because that's what I was looking for, right? But it, it really, I mean, it was, it was, you know, I learned a lot, right? Um, 
and then as I started transitioning into, you know, full-time research, I mean, it was just, it was, it was, again, it was a very different experience, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to do sort of research on the side. You don't have that much time, right? You're doing what you can, but you don't have, like I said, you don't have that much time. You don't have, you got other things to do to being sort of a full-time researcher. Um, and, you know, the, the sort of stereotypical grad school experience as well is not, it's not a 40 hour week, right? Um, it's, you know, you don't really come home and you're done. You come home, you have dinner and you do something else that you can do. And, and you know, for me, I, was, I have always preferred being busy, you know, so like it, it, it was good and, but not all my weeks were like that. So like, it, it, you know, I didn't, it was just a lot, honestly. Um, yeah. A lot of, a lot of uh, personal growth, a lot of professional growth, um, a lot of intellectual growth. Uh, I mean, it was just a, it was just an overall of incredible learning experience, honestly. Yeah. So you were pretty focused on that topic. You did a lot of research or, or learning in your first two years, and then you ended up working on some projects, I'm assuming, that kind of interested you. And then by the end, you had this proven thesis and a big, you know, 500 page essay or what's what's like the end of that even look like? Yeah. So um, that, that, that's about right. Um, generally, you know, generally depending on the lab, um, you know, you get yourself on a, a primary project and you sort of help out the lab people, you know, the, the people that are working with you, the other graduate students, the postdocs, right. Um, and so you, you know, you work towards the goal, right. You know, in my case, you know, um, despite the, the podcast being called dumb it down, um, you know, my work was on essentially creating machine learning models for developing selective kinase inhibitors, right? Selective what inhibitors? Kinase inhibitors. It's a it's a it's an enzyme in your body that's responsible for phosphorylation, which is a signaling mechanism. And so okay. all that all that's to say is just that you know it was it was it, it was a cancer therapy application, right? Okay. And so my job was to help move that bill forward. And along the way, what you end up doing is you, you know, depending on the situation, but most cases you end up publishing papers, right, in academic journals with your findings, with your results, with your sometimes non-results, if they'll take it, um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and at the end of it all, depending on, again, professor to professor, group to group, um, you write your dissertation, which is a, a very long document um, that is that sort of provides a, a, well, not a summary, it provides a very detailed, um, <laughs> you know, picture of, of all the things you did in grad school. Um, and so, you know, some people, like some groups, um, you know, Meredith's group, my, my wife's group, um, who you, you could also interview for this. I want to, yeah. She, uh, you know, in her group, the papers were the primary thing, right? And so what they end up doing for their, their, their dissertation is they just kind of compress their papers together and that was the dissertation. For me, I had a different I had a different situation because of sort of the content of, of the the work we were doing, and so I actually had to write a separate document, um, which was a lot. It's a lot of work. A lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of dedication, and hopefully a lot of payoff too. I mean, it sounds like you're happy you went the route you did, learned a ton, created some knowledge, and um, eventually launched into a career. So I guess the two tracks after your doctorate is work for a university or work for a company, I would think. And you did a little bit of both. Yeah. So, you know, I, I stayed on as a non-tenure track professor for uh, about 18 months. A non, say that again. A non-tenure track professor. Um, okay. Most of the professors that you think of are tenure track professors. Um, but there are the, there are other ones that are called non-tenure track. They don't have the same benefits, but they also they don't work towards the same thing, right? They don't they don't necessarily do the research and the, the research primarily in the teaching that sort of thing. They have a they normally have a, a a much more narrow goal and purpose. Yeah, and so so I did that I did that a bit for like I said for about eighteen months, and that was primarily education, honestly, which is another thing that I found in grad school that I really enjoyed. All right. Well, yes, a, a long and winding journey <clears throat> and now you're at a current job well you got you got the job what two years ago now almost yeah okay almost. 
and you were looking for, like, what were you looking for at that point? How'd you come into the job and what have you thought of it? So I, I currently work for the Center for Naval Analyses, um, which is a federally funded research and development center for the Navy, the Department of the Navy. And so all that means... CNA. CNA, yep. And all that means is that, you know, the Navy, uh, we in actually in the budget for the Navy is allocated money for us to do research on things that the Navy thinks is important. So, um, but to back up, to answer your actual question, um, it actually, to be honest, it came down to location. Um, when Meredith graduated, she got a fellowship, which is a sort of a science policy type of fellowship that brought her to Washington, D.C. And, you know, so, and I wanted to be with her. I mean, I didn't, we, you know, we didn't want to continue to be living apart. Um, that, Fair enough. That gets old. And so there's <laughs> a lot of location, right? And, and my, my initial, um, my initial ideas, right, were to go into pharma. That's kind of where my, you know, where my degree positioned me, which is pharmaceutical research, drug discovery, right? Biochem um, to pharma, drug discovery, all makes sense, I think. Yeah, right, right. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot to digest there, right? But, but I mean, you know, the, the, the cancer therapy work that I was doing, right? That's true. Okay. That's, that's fundamentally biochemistry. Right, but the but the applications I was using were machine learning, data science, right, um, and so that's where you know all of the the goals for me in grad school were sort of towards pharma, right, and that's where I was directed, and there is there is there are some pharma companies, um, you know, in the DC area, but you know I applied and just wasn't hearing anything, honestly, mm. um, and so you kind of go through that process, you know, you know your wife is is already moved here, and you know we're paying. DC rent plus. Um, yeah. And so you start thinking, all right, what can, what are the, what are the other things I can do? Right. And, um, like I said, for me, data science is one of those. And that was something that it's kind of a, it's in kind of a hot field right now. Um, and you know, I thought I'd take a chance. Right. And so I found, I found CNA online and, um, you know, applied like I did many other places. Um, and, and of course, you know, the connection with the military and my family, was important as well. I mean, you know, this is not quite serving, but it's a, it's a sort of a in, in a in a capacity that I can help, right? Contributing to you know the nation's defense, right? Mm -hmm. And my you know, it's not just my dad that's been in the military. It's like grandpa, uncle, everybody, right? Yeah. So, cool. you know, I applied to them, and and, and they uh, they they interviewed me and and gave me an offer, and and. Um, you know, I've been here for the last, like I said, almost two years. Right. Some some social reasons, some personal, professional reasons. I mean, it's it's all related. That's kind of what I want to show with this podcast too. Even <laughs> if you have this super interest in biochemistry, which turns into pharma plus data science and math, and like all of this, you can still be sitting there like applying for jobs. Like, what the heck? I'm trying to hear back. Um, yeah. And then, you know, DC. You wanted to be there for a reason. Made it happen and uh, learned a lot. However, are also in the midst of a job transition to get back to what you really want to do. Correct? Yeah, that's right. When it comes down to it, and just like with my decision to go to grad school, right? It, um, the discipline itself, data science, it doesn't it doesn't interest me the same way that the biochemistry does that the bio the, the, the pharmaceutical does that the that the other things that i sort of trained for in my phd do so i'm actually going to be taking a postdoctoral researcher position um at the national cancer institute within nih so we're going to be going kind of full circle almost um back to you know pharma research um and doing a lot of things that actually actually doing something almost se completely separate, going from computational research and then grad school to more experimental anyway, more, you know, mm -hmm. wet lab research. Um, but yeah, kind of going back to the things that that really brought me to grad school in the first place. Wow. Yeah, that's 
That's super cool. And I could ask a hundred more questions about how the heck that works, but I don't, I don't know that we can uh, drill down that much this time, maybe another time, but man, yeah. Cancer research and yeah. Ha having that, having that interest, some of some of the segments I've done is like, like, how did I get into smart buildings? How did Evan get interested in sustainability? Things like that. It's like, how did Curtis get interested in a combination of things? when you boil it down, it's the interest in biochem supported by analysis through data science, which led to pharma. I think you nailed it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm still learning in my head how those all fit together, but yeah, well, I, I followed at least. So cool. Yeah. I guess I, is there anything I missed there? Is that what you would say? How you let got down this path? I mean, yeah, I guess the only thing I would add is that, um, you know, I, I tell this to, you know, all the bosses or potential bosses that have asked me what I want to do, which is to say I'm, I'm interested in a lot of different things, honestly. Um, you're right, the biochemistry, right, the, the computational stuff, the computational work, um, the data science, the, the, the pharmaceuticals, all that kind of thing is, is my sort of my passion. But I'm interested in learning new things, honestly. And as sort of cliche as that sounds, that's kind of what took me to grad school and that's what got what got me here, right? If I'm not learning new things kind of in the technical space, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I'm, I'm just kind of bored, honestly. Well, it doesn't get more cutting edge than cancer research. I think that's uh, pretty relevant these days. So yeah, excited for the new role for you. Switch it up. Hopefully you'll enjoy it and maybe we'll check in in a year or so. Uh, I appreciate that. And uh, I'd be, I'd be delighted. There we go. We can, we can try to dumb down these very, very smart topics, but cool. Well, I've got a couple questions for you. General things I tack on to the end of the interview. Cool. Well, I've got a couple questions for you. General things I tack on to the end of the interview. So for the questions, it's my favorite one. What's been your biggest screw up? So it, it's, I, I'm going to call it my biggest screw up because it's a constant problem. Um, it's not that it's been a single instance that's, that's necessarily, you know, killed me here. Um, it's taking on too many things at once, honestly. Uh, hmm. I've, I've done it at my current job where, you know, the, the, the structure at CNA, or at least within the data science division that I work, is very lateral. People are project directors and also analysts and for other people's projects. And so there's a lot of mixing and matching. And so what happens is that, you know, a new project will start, the, the project director for it will come to you and say, hey, can you do this? Yep, sure, sounds good, I'll be there. And you get yourself into five, six, seven different projects and start realizing, oh crap, what am I doing? Um, <laughs> you know, I just don't have the time for it. And so it's something that I, I'm trying, you know, I, I perpetually try to work on, but it, it's been happening since grad school, right? Um, it's been, it's been happening in undergrad and it's just, uh, it's sort of a, like I said, it's a big screw up in the sense of you're not really doing yourself a, a service, um, by taking on more things because then you can, you know, obviously it's just math, right? You can only contribute less to each and you do a, a poorer job and that doesn't reflect well. So, um, my biggest screw up is just not figuring out how to say no when it comes to professional development, I guess, and, and, and professional work. Very interesting. Yeah. You want to learn too much. <laughs> sure. Curtis figured out that answer while answering two other questions. So multitasking, always on. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. <laughs> the, the question is the favorite class or project you've worked on or the ideal class or project to work on? I don't know. Let's, let's pull something from CNA since we're here. Um, cool. I, I've, I've been putting together a, a, a sort of a, a simulation for one of my projects um, that has been very new and very different to me. Um, it's very, um, it's much more probabilistic than, you know, stochastic is what, what they'll call it. Um, then I'm, that I've normally done. I've, I've, I've normally stayed along the sort of machine learning modeling side. And this has been very much um, sort of mechanistic um, model that, that I had to learn a lot to put together. And it's been sort of my baby, you know, over the last like nine months or so putting it together and, and, and actually 
making it work the way making making it model the act the way the navy actually operates um has been a very interesting and and uh yeah i just learned a lot doing it and so it's the, you know that that kind of thing is, is ideal for me and, and it's been a, a great project which is not even in the it's not even in the pharma you know world true so machine learning is training an algorithm and you're saying mechanistic is like doing all of that programming yourself? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, I think that's enough, like in, in a nutshell, right? Like the, yeah. Right. The, the, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the difference in the mechanistic model, I, I, I guess just briefly would just be that instead of just sort of putting things into an algorithm and seeing what happens and, 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 you know, tailoring it, tinkering with it, you're more sort of explicitly saying, here's how I think the world works. I'm going to model it accordingly based on, you know, that and based on data that I can use that represents each point, you know, each aspect of that world. Hmm. So I guess there's bias and algorithms either way, but that's, uh, nice. that's pretty interesting. Curtis gets to say how the world works. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Very limited sense. And even then, is wrong right um as, as they say right all models are wrong but some are useful so okay i haven't heard that one that's good all right um two more so do you have a mentor or have had a couple mentors people you aspire to if so what are they doing that you are not that i am not well i mean I, you know some of my mentors I, I have had a couple i've got one in my current job and and I consider my my advisor or my professor, you know, for my PhD an, an obvious mentor, and um, cool. you know, I, I try to model what I'm doing in, in their footsteps. And and uh, one of the things that you know I always appreciated about my graduate professor, you know, my advisor was that he was he's kind of a journeyman. He started out as a professor, but then he went into you know to pharmaceuticals, you know, drug discovery companies, right? Um, he spent some time at NSF, National Science Foundation, you know, doing some work, um, started a business, right, and then eventually came back to, to, to academia. So that's that's something that uh, I'm trying to do, but, you know, that just takes time, I think. Yeah, that's, that's solid. Good answer. Last thing, is there anything you want to promote, and are you open to being a mentor for others? Uh nothing I want to promote. Um, but I'm absolutely open to being a mentor for others. Um, if, if you think if you or whoever else is out there that, that thinks I can be helpful to them, I'm, I'm more than happy to. There we go. If you're struggling with your doctorate research topic and have a dissertation coming up and just want to run it by Curtis over a nice, you know, three hour webcam session. He's your guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for you. There we go. I, I hope it doesn't come to that. But no, I, I appreciate it. I think uh, it's nice to hear about people's mentors. I think teachers a lot of times come up, bosses a lot of times come up. And uh, yeah, it's it's good to have this track as well, as opposed to all of my salespeople just willing to run their mouths about technical sales and stuff. So thank you, Curtis. Uh, it's been fun. It's good to catch up. And we will talk again soon. Oh, thanks, Eric. It's been a pleasure, and I and, uh, can't wait to, to reach the masses with this podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, my mom, my dad, and the seven other people. <laughs> sure. Thanks, Eric.